Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. I'm Kathy Kayla. I'm standing in for Howard Feldman, who is actually on a solidarity mission um, in Israel, a solidarity tour. I'm not sure which of the two it is. And he joins us right now. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Good morning, Kathy Kayla. Good morning, team. How is everybody today? We miss you. Good. It's good to hear. You need to get your butt back in the seat, Howard. We yep. miss you. Well, yes. coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> All right. For so, sure. so tell us, you arrived there last Friday, right? Yeah. So we arrived. To, we we arrived on Friday. Um, it's and I, I, I was quite nervous in a way because it's you don't know what you're coming to here and and visually i would tell you that everything seems pretty much okay and there's people around people are carrying on their normal lives but the minute you start having a conversation with people you could see the level of of angst of anguish of damage uh, of hurt in in everyday um, in every conversation that you have, it's 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 just absolutely remarkable the depth that um, that that people are suffering here. It's 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 quite incredible. And also for the first time ever, you feel a little bit uncomfortable about being South African in Israel. Really? Because, yeah, yeah, it's it's the the the, the anger at the South African government, and that's one of the reasons that we're here, is to talk to people and to say, listen, we aren't our government. And the same as the people of Iran are not the government of Iran, uh, just understand that this is different. And we have a corrupt government. We have a government who is unfeeling and uncaring towards uh, the lives of Jews and the lives of Israelis. And we don't represent them and, and don't abandon the people of South Africa because of the government of South Africa. That's so interesting how the South African Jewish community, the darlings of the Jewish world, and we have been for a long time, wherever we go in the world, we're known right as South Africans and we are really loved and appreciated and I think that that's also true whether you know outside of the Jewish community I think South Africans generally and to hear that that has changed for Israel is just quite a shocking revelation how yeah. there's no doubt and and if you see the amount of in fact the amount of speakers that we've had now obviously it's also because um, of the South African connections, but the amount of speakers that we've had and and people we've met that are South Africans that might have left many years ago, but who still speak with a distinctly South African accent is incredible because you can see the impact that South Africans have made on Israel. And in fact, it, we actually, exactly what you've just said, uh, we had the discussion as well about South Africans around the world. Uh, how well South Africans have done uh, and and influenced the world in a positive way. Sure, sure. All right, moving on. Where else have you been? I've seen some videos okay, that you so, shared, and yeah. So Friday, so Friday, we uh, we uh, people came to us. We met with people from Zaka. We met with uh, legal uh, experts on the ICJ case. And uh, then we, uh, a Friday evening and Shabbat, uh, people came to the hotel media 
uh, media people. So that was uh, it was very very interesting. We went to the Western Wall, which also was packed, but in a very different way. It was much more. Um, Hasidic and Haredi, maybe because a lot of um, other people, uh, you know, the other sectors of Israeli society are at war. I don't, I don't know. That was very interesting. And then yesterday was an incredibly difficult day. We went down south, and we went to we visited three different kibbutzim. Uh, where the attacks took place, and then the Nova Festival as well, and we met. Uh, we went to his home. Just an incredible man, a Bedouin uh, driver, who saved thirty people from Nova. Knowing what he was going into, they phoned him. He had dropped a whole lot of youngsters there, and uh, they phoned him and they and they said please come come and save us this is what's happening and he didn't even think he just got into his car and he went and he said because i'm bedouin i know the back ways through the negev i didn't need the roads which saved everybody's life because hamas had had blocked the roads and uh, his little minivan which is meant to take 14 he packed 30 and we thought 30 that's another thing he should come to 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 louis Berta. he could pack more in but anyway that's a whole different conversation he packed in 30 people many of whom uh, many of whom um, were unfortunately wounded it, it 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 took him many many hours but he saved 30 people and not looking for reward not looking just this is just what he did and that's the flip side of israel where you have Jew and non-Jew, all, all, you know, living the same sort of experience, and that was very uplifting. But then we went to the um, kibbutz, uh, three different, as I said, kibbutzim. It, 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 it Kathy, it, it, it was un, it unspeakable, and and in particular uh, Be'eri, where this young guy, a resident of Be'eri, who was there who who was stuck for nine hours um in the the safe room how they survived i'm not sure but when he describes how meticulous it was that there were four terrorists per house and their technique and their strategy they followed a system that was just designed to kill and and um and inflict as much agony as possible and you go house after house and how they they would turn on the gas they would um put like this powder on the floor and then roll a burning tie in because they knew they were all in these safe rooms and then they would have to either open it up um, to come out or or they would just unfortunately burn to death and uh, it, it, it was just systematic. This was, uh, you know, and the conclusion that I reached by the end of yesterday was that we, we um, have, and all of the media, I think, has framed this wrong. This was not a so much a terrorist attack as it was an invasion. There were 300 terrorists or 300 Hamas operatives coming to one kibbutz Be'eri. 300 if you can imagine sort of waves of of them coming through and systematically killing and and kidnapping uh, never mind everything anything else that they did so it 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 was an invasion this and and us for the first time i kind of understood there's an acceptance here that the IDF um, and and government failed people and there's no question that that happened but 
this was a full scale. They couldn't get to Be'eri because everywhere along they were dealing with, I think the one of the, the heads of the security in the region told us they had something like 60 different sites that they were being attacked at at the same time. Yeah. So there was no chance that they could, could get to everybody. And it wasn't was just the one army, The army was fighting. The army was also. So, so, so the, the army, army was. So, sorry. Can you say that again? The okay. army bases, they were, also, they were also one of the sites that were invaded. Yeah, exactly right, 100%. So the, the bases were defending themselves. They were busy being attacked. It, it, it was meticulous and brilliant in a very negative way, but, but it was brilliant. Um, it was a phenomenal um, attack on, on the Gaza envelope. It, it was an invasion. Um, you, you spoke to this this Bedouin driver, which I think is just it's an it's amazing, amazing that you know in these stories and in times of such darkness, you always have this absolute light of heroism. What has what impact? What has been the impact of the seventh of October on Israeli Arabs? I mean, are you so able to ascertain that? just from the way that yeah, so attitudes may have changed. So I, I think it, 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 it's interesting. I don't know if it has or if it hasn't. I think it might be too soon uh, to see that. But there's definitely a huge hakarata um, tov gratitude towards him. and I, Because I think it sends a message that not everybody is Hamas. Yes. Uh, and, and it was actually quite interesting because we were at the, we went to his home and He's, he doesn't even have a shelter, a bomb shelter. Now he's living right in that, that region. And there's definitely now a push to say, well, why aren't we doing more for our Bedouin citizens? And we didn't, he didn't want to go into the politics of it because it's not, it wasn't his agenda at all. But there's no doubt that there will be a shift to say, you know, the Druze, the Bedouins, uh, you know, other Arab Israelis who, who are supportive of Israel are, need, need to be looked after more than perhaps they are already. Are they under the same amount of threat as Jewish Israelis? Oh, absolutely the same threat. Okay. They, they didn't distinguish. First of all, when they were, you know, they uh, initially there were, they, you know, we know that there were um, Israeli Arabs, there were Muslims, uh, people kidnapped in, and murdered in the same, um, in the same way. Uh, they, they, when, when a bomb, when a, a rocket is being fired, it doesn't discriminate where it's landing. Right. So, yeah, indeed, it, 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 it they might not be the target in the same way, but they certainly are under under immense threat as well. What else have you seen? How has Israel changed? Is it more religious, less religious? I mean, are you able to get a sense of that? So there's definitely, you know, it's it, from what I'm seeing, and and uh, it hasn't been a long time that that we're here yet, but there's definitely a lot more talk of God. There's a lot more talk of uh, uh, unity, but there's also a, a undercurrent of anger that it seems to that people seem to have pushed aside uh, until this point, and I think that's that's now starting to come to the surface. I haven't heard one person who, for example, is supportive of Netanyahu. There's there's this acceptance he needs to go. The older uh, pe anyone responsible needs 
to go. We spoke to, as I mentioned, the head of security <laughs> in the school area, and I asked him very gently because I could see that this guy has, in fact, we've interviewed him before on Chai, and, and I could see this, the terrible impact that this has had on him. He, he, he looks, uh, you know, a thousand times older than, than sort of when I've spoken to him before um, on, on the show. And I said to him very gently, you know, because I don't want him to feel that we've come from South Africa and now we're judging how, how you know, the, the, the response. And I said, you know, did you feel that there was some responsibility, you know, maybe from intelligence to let you guys know on the ground that that there is you know that something is afoot you you weren't even given the tools to be to be ready for this yeah and and i really did ask the question very gently and and he came back very strongly and very critically and he used language that we wouldn't use on the morning show and but basically he said yeah we you know the government uh, messed up and they let us down and my responsibilities to the people of this region traumatized people and i need to oh and this was actually so interesting uh, he said something that was so clever he said it's not about people we we can't use the word feeling they can't feel secure they need to be secure that it's word true. feeling is gone it's true he says and we we exactly and and people felt secure how did that help them and this is the head of security in the region. He said, unless we can move, remove that feeling, yeah. to tell the, the, that word feeling and say, we need to be secure, not we need to feel secure. And we, uh, when we've changed it from, from feeling to, to reality, then people will come back uh, to, to the region because uh, obviously the, the, the concern about getting people back is, is very, very real in, the, in that area. Howard, I am looking so forward to speaking to you tomorrow. And uh, just stay safe. We've got to go because we've got to play some ads. We also have our next interview. But thank you so much for making time. Stay safe. And we'll catch up with you tomorrow morning. And just thank you Thanks for Kathy sharing your experience. Thanks for standing in. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you. That's Howard Feldman. And, uh, well, you know who that is. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with him next, well, tomorrow, this time. Looking very forward to it. You know, you can actually hear his, in his voice, you can actually hear the impact of it. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, he didn't sound like him, right? He didn't sound like this, uh, I don't know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I can hear, I can hear fatigue in his voice.